Amen. All right. Let's take a declaration. Once ago, as I sit to listen to the word of God today, a door of utterance has been opened unto us, and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, walk ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I'm not distracted by anything or anyone. The Word of God is food to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. And I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction, encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen and amen. All right, in the course of this message, um, when we're making a confession, uh, that's, that line just struck me when it says, we, we confess there, that he will bring to my remembrance everything Jesus has shown me or taught me. And that's very important in functioning in the prophetic that we want to speak about today. All right, so we're teaching on the principle of dominion. How God designed for man to function in dominion. He said to us that we should have dominion, one of the commandments, all right, and instructions that he gave to Adam after the creation of man. He says, let us create man in our own image, and he says, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion. So after he declared, the first thing he said to humanity is, or about humanity, in terms of his desire, was that they have dominion. In other words, they are not dominated, and this is how we reflect, all right, the quality of the work that God did in man when he said we created him in our own image and after our likeness. All right, I mean, there are four-wheel drives or, or trucks that when companies want to show the strength of the truck and the quality and what they've built into it, they take the truck or the four-wheel drive in some really rough terrain and it's like it will dominate anything or any terrain it finds itself. Whether it goes through water, it dominates it. Whether it's going up a mountain, it dominates it. Whether the place is sand, sandy, it dominates it. It's just to show, all right, that what we have created here cannot be subdued. And then he said, be fruitful, multiply, all right, and he commanded man, he said, subdue. Okay, when he created man, he says, bless them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish it, and subdue it. So have dominion, something that is in the heart of God. Now, I want us to listen very well to what I want to teach because we are getting a stream, now, I'm not exaggerating, a daily stream of miracles that we have never seen this kind in the history of this ministry. I'm saying every day they are sending in testimonies, and I'll read two of them here, all right, and it is this principle of dominion. In fact... Somebody in their testimony wrote and said, or, or maybe it was a campus pastor who noted on the testimony and said, I think this has been the missing link speaking to things. Now, how was man, how did God design? So I'm, I'm going to go through it step by step. How did God design that man should have dominion by words? All right, through the words that man speaks. That's how that was the design of God for man to have dominion. He was going to express it through words. But what type of words were they? Uh, how, for first of all, let's establish this. How do we know that man was designed to dominate through the use of words? Let's look at some examples here. 
Mark chapter 4, verse 37 to verse 41. Mark 4, 37 to 41. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow where water had, was full, but he was still there asleep. And they woke him up and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? In other words, you go up to him in prayer and say, look at our condition. Don't you have any concern that we are perishing? And then Jesus arose and what did he do? Rebuked the wind from sleep to rebuking. You get what I'm saying here? He didn't wake up and say, Father, I'm asking you, please do something about this. He woke up and spoke to the wind. Put it there. All right. And he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea. So he had a conversation with the sea. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. So they obeyed his words. Verse 40. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? Now, you've got to understand that when he said, care is not doubt that we perish, was a form of prayer. Do you get what I'm saying here? But it was a manifestation of what? Fear. So there are many people praying unto God that is just, God in heaven say, why are you so fearful? Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, look at what he said then. He says, how is it that you have no faith? Well, they cried to him, saying, Care is not thou that we perish. In other words, you go there and you pray to him and say, God, help me. And he says, But you have no faith. And how did he say faith is manifested? If you were in faith, you'll have spoken to the thing. Let me repeat that. If you were in faith, you won't have spoken back to the thing that was threatening you. Let me say it again. If you were in faith, you won't have spoken back. That's why Jesus said, Have the God kind of faith. And how is that faith demonstrated? If you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. You didn't pray for God to remove the mountain. You said to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you are saying to the mountain will come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. So there are two options in this walk with God. There is the option of crying out unto him, saying, Carest not thou that I perish. Or there is the option there of operating in faith. Now, if you cry unto him, Carest not thou, because he's a merciful and compassionate God, he will intervene. However, you will never arrive at the status of having what? Dominion. In other words, the experience will be circumstances come, batter you here and there, and then you cry out unto God like a weakling, and God comes and helps you, all right, in the situation, but that's about it. And that's why Jesus, when he walked on water, he was exercising that principle of dominion. And then Peter stepped into the same principle and said to him, all right, if it be thou, bid me to come. And Peter was walking on water with him. And then after some time, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he became afraid. He started to sink. And then he cried out unto the Lord and said, save me. Now, Jesus saved him and brought him back into the boat. But there was no, all right, exercise. This was in the principle of dominion. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. So a person can lose their job and you cry out, Lord, save me. Let them restore me back and they bring you back. Instead of dominating that situation and getting a breakthrough there and maybe as a result of that, building a massive business. Do you get what I'm saying? So let's look at it as words. But I want to show how they get, how Jesus got those words and how we get the words. Luke chapter 11, verse 41 to verse 44. It gives us some clue here. All right, next verse. Sorry, John 11, John 11, John 11, 41. Sorry, all right, John 11, 41. Jesus heard that he was sick. All right, and they took the stone away from the place where he was laid. 
And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And verse 2, verse 2, And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of these people which stand by, I said it, that thou they may believe that you have sent me. Right? And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice. So we can see the background there of prayer. And if he didn't say that publicly, Jesus would just have shown up there and said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus would have come forth, and you wouldn't have known that there was some background of prayer. Now, are you following what I'm saying? So what we say, he had a very strong, consistent, daily prayer life. But when it was time to dominate, what he did was that he used words, all right, to dominate. Now, those words were given to him in the place of prayer. Let me repeat what I'm saying. The words that he spoke were given to him in the place of prayer. So when he prayed for Lazarus or about Lazarus, words were given to him to speak. That's why when Moses was going to Pharaoh, words were given to Moses. That's why they had power. He said, when you get there, say these words. Let my people go that they may serve me. And he kept repeating those words. Those were the anointed words for that situation. And miracles and power began to manifest. Joshua chapter 10, we've seen this, but let's look at it again. All right, we read it because every time you read the scripture, you get something new. There is absolutely nothing like I have read it or I have heard it in spiritual matters. Joshua 10, 2. It says here, or 12, sorry, Joshua 10, 12. All right? And it says, And then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day in which the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And then he said in the sight of Israel, Having spoken to God, Son, stand thou still in Gibeon, and thou mourn in the valley of Ajalon. So they all spoke from a certain place. Now, let's look at this in John 14, and we start getting a clue to what's going on there. John 14, verse 8 to verse 11, and we also should be able to say this, walk in dominion. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and that, so far those will be satisfied with that. So people should come to you and say, please show me Jesus. All right, I will be satisfied. And you should be able to answer and say, and I will show this. Look at the next verse. And say that, Philip, how long, all right, have you been with me, yet you have not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, then show us the Father? Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Remember the Bible says, Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, he shall not speak of himself. Do you get what we're saying here? But that which he hears, that shall he do what? Speak. So, words that carry power to move mountains, to change things, are not words that come from yourself. They are words, all right, that originate in God. Are you, you following what I'm saying? Now, I'm sure you get them. So, look at what he said here. He now said, But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, he interchanged works and words. He said, The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he does the work. Now, what Jesus was referring, we'll see this too here, is this. When he prayed for Lazarus, God raised Lazarus up in, all right? He did the work in Jesus. So as far as Jesus was concerned in himself, within his consciousness, Lazarus was awake. He wasn't trying that's why he said, Lazarus sleepeth. Let's go and do what? Wake him up. See, 
It is not an act of faith. Neither will be a struggle for the gentleman here to say, I am a man. Is that a struggle? Because that's who he is. When you're praising this way, you know. It's not that, you know, you're saying it to say that. And I'm sure you get it. You know. That's why he said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And this is what I'm saying. And shall not doubt in his heart. You see, that not doubting is the work of the Father in you. That's why he says, faith is not of yourself, is a gift or something the Father imparted on the inside. So when God has done his work in you, then you are able to go out and easily say to Lazarus, because you will see what you will need to say. Now, quickly because of time, let's go on. So verse, verse, verse 10. All right? All right? Believest thou and Father, Father works sake, verse 11. And then he says this, all right? Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So the things that I'm doing on the outside should show you that, you know, the Father is within me. Now, Jesus now told us, and we got to verse 12. Okay, let's get to verse 12 and see what Jesus went on to say. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Now, how is he going to do it with words also? And greater works than these shall he do and it's with words, because I go to my Father. Now, what happens? You see the connection of prayer, verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. He says, you shall ask anything in my name, and I will do it. But he is going to do it right on the inside of us, so that we can now release what he has done with the words of our lips. So this thing I just want to tell you is not just, oh, you know, I heard somebody say something, let me just say it back. Are you following what I'm saying? And when we read the testimonies, we'll get there in a moment, momentarily here, you will see something, and sometimes people are not conscious. I want to get into the understanding of this thing so that it's not flu. It's not that, well, I did it and it didn't work for me, but it worked for somebody else. Sometimes the people he worked for don't even know what they did that caused that thing to work. So if you don't know what you did that caused it to work, next time you will try it without doing what you did, and then the thing will not work. Because this thing happens, this thing that causes it to work happens faster when you are fasting. Now, let's go on here. Then you see Jesus went to the mountain, we call it transfiguration, to pray. He was transformed when he got there. When he came down, and that transformation where he was glowing is a type of it, it was when Moses went up, went up to Sinai and saw the face of God. When he came down, all right, and they couldn't cast out the devil, and he with a whisper cast out the devil, they said, how could we not cast out? They said, because of your unbelief. That unbelief there, he dealt with it in the place of prayer. Are you following what I'm saying? So, if you hear the sound of the abundance of rain, and then you pray like Elisha did, and something happens in prayer, then you come out and you can speak after that has happened. Do you get what we're saying? So it's not a formula that, you know, just get up and just say, I'm just saying what they say, you should say, and it's like that, you know, you fill yourself with, with heavy food and all of that, and, you know, you're not praying, and they say, they say we should say to eat. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. So here's what we're saying. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and verse 13. It says, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always, all right, not as in my present, presence only, but much by my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So when you pray, you allow God to work something in you that is not visible, but it has been worked on the inside of you, then you can go out and work out your salvation. Now, how do you work out the salvation? With the heart, a man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you can speak unto salvation because the Father has worked inside you to bring you to a place where you have believed unto righteousness. Do you see what we're saying here? So to bring you to that place where you are fully persuaded that if I say to this mountain, 
All right? It will move. Not that they said that you are trying to hope it. You know that the mountain will move. It's because the Father has already done a work in you in answer to that prayer where that mountain literally has moved in the realm of the Spirit. So, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, so God walks in you and removes all doubt, so you can now speak and power is released out of you. It's like an engine that is building power within, all right, a case in there. Then you have a water hose, let's just say that, and an outlet, and the water is coming out with force. It's not that hose that is bringing the water with force, it's the engine within. So God, the Father, walks within. And then, all right, now in the name of Jesus, so Jesus does that work within us, so that when you come out and speak, right, they say, so he creates man in his own image and after his likeness. It's only when that work has been done inside that he now says, go and have dominion. Okay? It's when the manufacturer builds the car in a certain way that he now says, go and have. All right, you can now do certain things. So let me read the first testimony here. I want to read two testimonies. But let me read the first one here. All right, and then I use that to teach. Um, sorry, I thought I had it somewhere. Okay, all right. She said this, this God is too faithful to fail. My husband and I have been believing, have been praying for a financial breakthrough so that we can be able to offset some loans given to us to complete our project. I was declaring and speaking to that loan during this period of the fast, that before the end of this fast, God will show up for us. Now, let me just say something here. When you enter into the place of prayer and you get into that real place of fellowship, you may be able to, and that's why she said what she's saying, because you come into a place of knowing that this fast will not go without this thing being moved. It's not something you set in your own authority. It's something you perceived by the Spirit. And that's why fasting and pressing in the place of prayer in the fasting, you now get to the point where you can perceive things. And that's why we talk about there's a difference between the logos and the prophetic. So when someone says, can I set a time? That's just natural in their minds. That's not something they perceived in the place of prayer. Now, behold, this morning, today, 19th of January, I got a call from the people that we should not bother paying back the loans that are over 20 million naira. Also, they've decided and agreed to give us some money to tidy up some things. I was just wondering if, the, if it was a dream or something. I couldn't even say thank you immediately. I just burst into tears. God works in mysterious ways. All right, thank you, Lord. And let me just say something, because I preached this, and my wife told me something just before I came for service. Something happened to her, which was a shock. So she entered in the room, and I went, I didn't even, I opened the door, and she was worshiping, and, and thanks. But I came back, and I said, oh, you are thanking God. I said, I was going to ask her, I said, yes. She said, you said that when something goes wrong, five minutes response, she said, said but I also saw that when something happens right, five minutes you should have thanked God. That's why she dropped that principle. All right? So, Ezekiel chapter 31. Now, there is a reason why it worked. Now, the person that practices it may not know what really happened. And this I want to show here. All right? And I'll read second Testament. You may not know what happened because there could be a staring of the waters and whoever jumped immediately after the staring got healed. So something happened and then you spoke and it worked. All right? So the people may not know. And that's why many a times we can't replicate certain things because we don't understand the conditions that were fulfilled for that particular thing to do what happened. 
Now, once you understand the conditions that brought about that particular thing, because God doesn't change, he doesn't improve. He doesn't love you more than he did yesterday. If you are getting more from God, it's you that changed. It's you that understood more principles. You that allowed him. It's not God that suddenly started liking you. All right? So once you understand the principles, you can tinker with the principles to increase efficiency and effectiveness in the release of power. You can do it. Are you following me? You can because it's an understanding. And that's why we said those that brought 30, 60, and 100 fold had an understanding of it. So, Ezekiel chapter 31, 4 and 5. The waters made him great. So, he just is somebody who is great. But he says here, the waters, something made him great. The deep set him on high. The rivers running around. Verse 5. And then he says this. Therefore, his height was exalted above the trees of the field, both multiplied, and his branches became long, because, which means there is a reason. When you see something happening, there is a reason why it happened. All right, they, or else there will be no understanding. It's not that it's just, you know, God just, you know, just, just woke up and said, well, this is what I'm going to do. There is a reason. That's why he says, uh, the children of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses understood the ways. There is a way to it. There is an understanding to it. And let me say this, some have, let me repeat this again. People that might enter into it may not even know what really happened. But if something happens to you, all right, someone just showed you unusual favor, someone decided to do something, there is a reason. Something happened to you, there is something you did somewhere that you may not have been conscious of. But something happened. Someone in church, there was a very powerful testimony, which I can't remember, but very powerful testimony. And in conversation with her, she said, and she began to talk and tell, she said, look, I moved from my job, consciously took a pay cut. Half. You will see that, that thing that you just shot up with a quantum leap to this level. How is it? All right? But when you start hearing the story of the person and then was working somewhere, began to help. Now, somebody that she helped in the services she rendered without charging the person that took her case to the king. There is a reason. Uh, you understand what's here? And it's not that she consciously needs to go and tell because you can't. Oh, you don't know what that I say is the morning, so that I see in the evening, you don't know which one. John 6 63. So we want to get into this reason. What really happens? John 6 63. It is the spirit that quickens. Now, this is what happens. So if it says the flesh profited nothing. So you can be making confessions from the flesh without it being quickened. And that's what happens many times. Say, well, I was saying the tone say, but it's from the flesh. It says it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are what? Life. Now, how does the spirit quicken something all right, for you as a person. Now, look at Psalm 119, verse 49 and 50. Remember thy word upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This has been my comfort in all my affliction, verse 50. For thy word hath quickened me. So, we'll see that when the Holy Spirit quickens a person, he uses the scriptures, all right, so bring about that quickening. Now, once there is a quickening, once there is a quickening, the person should and must speak immediately after the quickening. Let me repeat what I'm saying. That is why when Paul saw the man who was born lame from his mother's womb, he saw, which meant that as Paul was preaching, there was a quickening. He saw in that fat chap that his countenance, something changed. Which means that there was an entrance in the world. He knew that at that moment, that's why it's called prophetic. At that moment, he had to say something. He said, get up. So what happens in cases is that there is a quickening and it coincides. So you may have been saying it, saying it, saying it to it, but when it comes to prophetic utterance, all right, but at that point there was a quickening. 
And when there was a quickening, now can a quickening be engineered? Yes. That is why we'll see the prophets say, go and get me a minstrel. What they are doing is engineering a quickening. They understood the way of the spirit, how to do it. Now, is this understanding that we have to get in church so that everybody can operate? So, it's not a question of saying, well, but they told us to confess. Look, if you say it out of, you're just saying it, saying it, there's no quickly, you keep, that's how it will be. Now, quickly, look at it. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. And I'll show what this quickening means. It says, Elisha said, all right, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely, why it not that I regard, why, why it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, would not look towards the no city they were asking for, but then he said this. Look at what he said, verse 15. But now bring me a minstrel. So he knew. He said, we can't just speak like this. We have to engineer the environment. There must be a quickening. Now look at what he said. Bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, while the minstrel played, the hand of God came upon him. Please give me the living Bible translation of verse 15. When he says, the hand of God came upon him, he says, now bring me someone to play the lute. And as the lute was played, the message of the Lord came to Elisha. That hand of God was a message that came. Which means that there was a revelation that entered into his heart that moment. And after that, look at the next verse. Once the message came, he said, the Lord says. Do you get what we're saying? Now, I'll show you what it means when a message comes. All right? These people did not prophesy without the hand of God being on them. See, Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1, King James. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley that was full of bones, which means it was the hand of the Lord that was upon him. That hand of the Lord, what Elisha, they called it there was, if you look at it in... Um, the Living Bible Translation in this, he says, and the power of God came on me. But what he said was, the message came. Now, I explain what it means by that. Okay? Now, quickly. So, the condition. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. We'll see this. So, how this is engineered. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And then the Spirit did what? Moved over the face of the waters. That word moved is to brood over it. And then the Lord said, let there be what? Light. Now, because of time, if this wasn't the sun and the moon, this was light. It is called luminous, all right, emanation. In other words, let there be revelation. Something happened. Is the same thing that happened for Elisha when he said, and the message of the Lord came, light came. It's the same thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Let's just put from verse 2. You see this, what he's saying. Verse 3. He says, if our gospel be hid, is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, which is the image of God, should do what? Shine. Remember, it's let's create man in our own what? Image. That image will shine unto them. Look at the next verse. It says, for God who commanded the light, for we preach not ourselves of Christ, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus. Please, we don't have time. But this thing was a continuation of chapter 3 where he was talking about Moses who went and saw the face of God and came back and his countenance had changed. It's the same thing that Jesus went in prayer and his countenance changed. It's that same thing, which means there was light that came into Jesus that reflected in Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why when he got down, he could easily cast out the demon. Now, this is what happens in prayer. It happened when Jesus was praying about Lazarus. He said, get up. Let's go and meet Lazarus. Now we will do it. Same thing that Peter did in Dockers. He got up and said, and I'll show you practically how this thing happened. And he got up and said, that's it. So people stay in prayer, not just, but they stay in prayer knowing that there's going to be a reaction of the spirit on something. When that reaction happens on the inside, it's done. See, Look at what he says. Let's continue. For, all right, quickly. He says, for God who commanded, verse, verse six, 7. 
It says, for we have this treasure. That's the treasure. Inside what? Earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God. And all, which means that power is coming from that light. Now, it's the same thing that it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 26. He says, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But he helpeth our infirmities. But the spirit himself maketh intercession. That's when the spirit is brooding over it in your life. With groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, the spirit quickens. So you sing and start praying because of time. And while you are praying, something happens in prayer or happens shortly after you finish praying in the course of the day. And once it happens, faith is imparted and that is the time when it happens, you should speak. Let me read the testimony of this gentleman now. Now. Let me just show you. Just listen to his testimony. Very powerful testimony. Good afternoon, sir. Listen to what he said now, and you get it. Thank you so much for all the teachings and unending sacrifice towards achieving fullness of potential. The email is to testify to prophetic utterance. I have had a car for sale since 10th of December 2022. It is a car that usually takes a few days to sell, but for some reason, people come for inspection and end up not paying. Even my staff in charge of the car was complaining about the amount of people that have come to inspect. Now, we complain about things we should go into the prophetic and solve. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, look at what he says. On Monday, 16th of January, these are not testimony, this just happened. 16th of January, 2023, he had a prospect, all right, who he was sure would pay, but didn't end up paying. So I said to him that the car will go by Friday, 20th of January that he should not worry about it. I went ahead to impute the details of the sale in my record in faith, and I also privately prophesied that the car that is sold, nothing will happen, even with this act, until there's a quickening. Now, listen to the testimony. He didn't know that he was talking about a quickening. I'll just tell him the testimony. I had started rewatching Wolfbeck messages on YouTube, and was just about finishing Apostle Selman's final session, I had a nudge in my spirit to watch David, Dr. David Ogwelli next, which I did. As I watched it on the 19th of January, that's yesterday, in this, towards the end of his first session, he read from Isaiah 34, 14 to 16, and made this statement, God has a customer for every product. This statement hit me differently. That's quickening. All right? He was here when he was listening to it. But now it hit him differently. He said that the car has his mate, and since God has a customer for every product, I command him to come forth. Listen, oh. Sir, I randomly picked up my phone a few minutes after, and a message came. This engagement, all right, a marketplace that they use, called, we used to advertise cars, told him that there's a client that just called. This engagement with the prospect was different. I just knew this was the customer. The vehicle was sold today at the price I wanted and the margin expected. But he had been saying it, but a time came when it was what? Quickened. Um, please don't come and tell me, uh, I just opened the Bible and I was quickened. Look, when you are quickened, all doubt will be erased. You don't discuss it with men. You, then you don't know what a quickening is. See, and I'll close with this here. So, a quickening, after that, you speak. Vines Expository Dictionary, all right, and this brings to remembrance, defines a rema, which is what God uses to uphold all things by the rema of his power, which is power is released when a rema is spoken, which is what we are calling rema. He defines it this way. The significance of the rema, which is a form of the word of God, as distinct from the Logos, which is the entire Bible, but Rema is a portion of scripture that is quickening to you. Listen to what he said here. It's exemplified in the injunction to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God in Ephesians 6.17. Here, the reference is not to the whole Bible as such, but to individual scriptures, 
which the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance for use in time of need. A prerequisite being the regular storing of the mind with scripture. In other words, if you are not reading the Bible regularly and there's no scripture there, there's nothing the Holy Ghost can quicken. So this is not a formula where a person that doesn't read the Bible comes and says, what they say we should say? I don't read it. Because it's while you are praying, the Holy Spirit will take scriptures that you have read, all right, or something you heard when it was preached, and connect it, and there's a quickening. And that moment, there's a flash of inspiration there. Say it at that moment to respond. That means you've seen something inside your heart that nobody told you. It's the Holy Spirit that did what? Revealed it. That's where you get into what? Prophetic utterance. Now, to get that kind of revelation, he said, bring me minstrel. Which means get into the place of worship. Read your Bible every day because you don't know when you will need the rema. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right? Now, let me just close by showing something here. Psalm 45, verse 1 and 2. This is what we're saying. Remember, it says you should come up to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of what need. Folks, let me tell you this. A bitter person, a person who walks in unforgiveness, can never get that quickening. That's why it says when you stand praying, do what? Forgive. Are you following what I'm saying here? Many of the things people are complaining that people didn't treat them well is because they didn't step up into the prophetic. This person could have been complaining, why are clients coming and disturbing me? Which useless customers, useless customers. They're just coming here. You step to the prophetic, the right person shows up. Look at it here. Psalm 45, 1 and 2. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of those things I have made touching the king. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. Look at how when he speaks. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured forth, all right? Therefore, God has blessed thee forever. Now, verse 1, it says, my, tongue, my, my heart is indicting a good matter. Now, Psalm 39, verse 1. Psalm 39, verse 1. Let me just show you what it means here. It says, grace. I said I would take hold, but I was not saying I kept my mouth with the bridle. Verse 2, it now says, I was done with signing even from good, my soul was stared. Verse 3, he now said, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire did what? Burn. Then spake I after, the, after there was fire, not outside fire. That's why the Bible says the things the Spirit of God, God has freely given to us, the Spirit reveals which things we do what? Speak. In other words, when the thing burns, don't let the fire go out, speak to the thing there. So what's somebody supposed to do? A person who says, I'm looking for a job, to start worshiping God. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. To start, if they have not been reading their Bible, start loading themselves with the word of God. Because if there's nothing in you, there's nothing to quicken. So start loading, listening, and listening to messages, and loading, and making sure. And that's why from now on, keep yourself, spend at least an hour every day reading your Bible, storing scriptures into you, because you don't know when the demand will be made. So that as you just start praying in spirit, worshiping, praying, the thing just comes from somewhere, and then you speak, all right, prophetically to that thing. And when you do that, the results happen. But if people do it outside of that quickening, all right, which is what people don't know. And sometimes people get quickened, and it's at the point they get quickened. Didn't you hear one time that Bishop Waleko was saying, some elders were praying in the church, and at a point in prayer, someone just got up and said, I, God, are you saying you won't hear this prayer? You, that means that person has been quickened. Something has happened in prayer. That person got up and he's saying, God, you won't answer. You won't answer this prayer. There's just a change. You're not faking it. Which means that he didn't say somebody do it and say, I will copy it now. All right, it's a quickening that makes you talk in that way. Jesus didn't say anything about Lazarus when he hadn't been quickened. They told him he's sick. He stayed where he was. It was when they had been quickened, he got up and said, Lazarus is asleep. Then he started talking. That's why he said, I will be dumb but silent. This is what he's saying. He says, I kept it. I was musing. I didn't talk. Be slow to speak. Be quick to hear. Be, be slow. I didn't talk. Then when my heart, when the thing, fire burned, he said, then I spoke to the thing. So you talk to it when they eat. So Jesus had numerous fires born in do you get what I'm saying here? In his consciousness. He was a man that walked and fellowshiped with God. This faith thing is not a formula that you are not living with God, you are not reading your Bible and then they said, okay, so what did they say we should do? What did they say we should do? Uh, they said we should, uh, okay, alright, and I do it here. It comes as a result 
all right, of a quickening. So once you understand this, you can create the conditions around for there to be a quickening, all right? That's why you have meetings like Wabek, you want to make sure people are declared. That's why we're getting, one of the reasons we're getting so many results is that many people got quickened at Wabek, we didn't let it sleep. Before the fire dies out, start firing at things. So revelation is coming, and what everybody should be doing is re-see. Re, there was enough revelation in that meeting for the year. Enough. For you to use for a whole year. Uh, God told me, said this, don't continue preaching what was preached there. It's not an event. It is the beginning of something. You understand this? And then people. And all these testimonies we're getting, I'm telling you, daily. All right? It's 5%. People are talking to things. Okay? But I'm just saying that, don't just say, well, you know, they're talking things, then you, if you're watching movies, you are doing all of that, and you are loaded with that. That's why Jesus said, it's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The whole, if all the Holy Spirit can see is movie here and Hollywood there, there's nothing to quicken. This is the balance of the faith message. That is not a formula, it is a fellowship. It is a walk with God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the marvelous and powerful things you are doing in this ministry. Thank you for the results people are getting and the testimonies that are streaming in. We thank you that this is just ankle deep. As the days go by, it will get to the knee level, to the waist level, and then to that river where every single person will be flowing in things that they never imagined would happen from the things they are believing for from the, to the things that you have prepared from the foundation of this world that we had no idea about that you start pouring forth those things into our hearts, and we start speaking for those things, and signs and wonders begin to occur in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's do the anointing here. All right? It's an anointing. You left me to open the... Your, oh, is it open? Okay, it's open. All right. So as we do it, everybody just... Put the oil on your forehead as a point. It's simply a point of contact. And then, all right, put up Genesis. I just want to show something here because this is for favor. And God showed me this. He quickened my heart during this week concerning it. Genesis 4 and verse 15. First of all, I want us to understand that people can be marked. Human beings can be marked spiritually. And that mark can determine how people treat you. It's not visible to the eye, but it sends out, so to speak, like um, things to you. All right, so put it up, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain. It wasn't a visible mark. Lest any finding him should do what? Kill him. So by reason of what he had done, people should have, because he shed the blood of his brother, by the law of sowing and reaping, they should look for his own blood. But God set a mark upon him. I want to do this for favor this year. Genesis 41 and verse 2, the years of prosperity, he describes them as years of well, being well favored. And behold, there came up out of the river, you can see that same river, seven well-favored kind and fat-fleshed, and they fed. In. So the river produced favor. They were well-favored. So it's not the condition on the outside. It's the level of favor that is operational in your life. Do you get it? Okay. If you are favored, you'll be doing well. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. Zechariah 1 17, my cities, right? Cry thou thus yet, Lord, my cities through prosperity. The word prosperity there in Hebrew is the word favor. Okay? Favor there. All right? And then finally, Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, that's why, that's how it says, spread abroad. Acts 2, 47, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added. All right, God will not be able to cause people to respond to you in a certain way if, first of all, you are not favored. 
And when you, are, you, are, you have favor of God resting upon you, there is a way in which people, all right, respond to you. People in authority respond to you. So I want to prophesy that into the lives of people. Let's rise to our feet here and have the oil right upon your forehead, and I will make the declaration. So everybody should do that. Right. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak into the life of every single person under the sound of my voice. This oil that has touched your forehead today has set, God has used it to set a seal and a mark upon you for favor throughout this year. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that in the course of this year, by reason of this favor that rests upon you, you will be called upon by somebody in authority. Not just for an act of blessing, but for a change in your entire life. You will step into a new dimension of life as that person stretches their hand and pull you up to that new space. It will be a transformation in your life. And as I see it, will, if Jesus tarried, go from your own generation to that of your children and your children's children in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak to the helpers that God has ordained for you. It is written, you shall call a nation that you know not, and nations that knew thee not shall come running. Today, we call a nation that you don't know, a stranger to you this moment, shall we call forth that it might be clear that it is the hand of God and not by your own orchestration, a stranger shall arise out of his hiding place and be a massive blessing unto you. You are ushered into a year of favor, a year where strangers open up doors, a year where strangers give you critical information, a year when you enter into an office and it's a stranger that will whisper the secret to you on what to do to get that job, what to do to make that deal work. Strangers are released this moment and you shall know of a truth that the Spirit of God entered into your life and into your heart for the performance of this grace called favor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Amen and amen.